Hi, this is composer Kevin Blumenfeld, and you're listening to Synth Stories on Ask Audio. Synth Stories is brought to you by Ask Audio. If you're interested in becoming a better musician, producer, or DJ, Ask Audio is your online hub for daily news, reviews, and tutorial articles. And in our academy, you'll discover video courses and free live masterclasses covering topics from synthesis to songwriting, mixing, mastering, to music software like Logic Pro, Ableton Live, Cubase, Pro Tools. Visit us at www.ask.audio. In this episode, Kevin Blumenfeld takes us on a musical journey using the Moog Mother 32 and one of the standout tracks from In The Vault, Suspects. He also walks us through his creative process when scoring and his reasons for turning to the Mother 32 for recent soundtrack work. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. I think I've wanted to be a film composer for as long as I can remember. You know, when I was a kid, I, I just was obsessed with uh, film scores and film composers, and, and it was it was kind of it was a bit nerdy. But you know, everyone have their you know Beastie Boys you know albums and all that stuff, and I would just I would have like my Independence Day album soundtrack. Uh, from David Arnold and uh, Hans Zimmer's stuff from from you know Crimson Tide, The Rock, The you know, Rain Man. It was Rain Man that that really kind of I think it was it was some of the first film score uh, that I had ever heard, and it just kind of stuck out to me, being that it just it wasn't a typical song structure or or just sort of layout that you you're t- you know used to hearing, uh, and it just sort of felt like this sort of emotional. Uh, improv, you know, aspect to it that that it was just really raw and 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 immersive to me. I'd say it was about eight or nine when I started to really have an idea of like this is really what I want to do when I grow up. So I started just to get involved. I had a really simple Yamaha synthesizer uh, back then. I would just record. I think I, there was up to like six layers you could record, uh, and I would just kind of go at it and just you know. Uh, you know, how you just would do one little silly piece after another, and uh, eventually, I got some more gear. I got Cubase, uh, and it just sort of snowballed uh, into into a bit more of an intricate setup. And and then I started I started working for Hans Zimmer when I was seventeen. Uh, I was there as an intern, uh, getting coffee, and uh, and that was I mean. <laughs> I mean that was that that was absolutely unreal, and and I I still uh, am oblivious to how it actually manifested itself. But I, I I would just basically you know be a fly on the wall, and you know uh, for the first year or so I was just really kind of getting lunch and coffee, and then eventually I started you know uh, becoming involved with the studio builds and the, the more technical side of things, and and it was it was amazing. I learned so much, and uh, one of the things that I really learned there was was just how how they had their sort of workstation set up and and the sort of conveyor belt uh, system that they have uh, they sort of really kind of like over there um, and I, I don't know if they still you know do things you know along those lines now but back then you'd have your host of all your samples you know whether it be uh, God what I forgot the the name of the device back then that they used but eventually it became Gigas using Giga Studio. Uh, and then using the sequencer and then Pro Tools where it would all end up. Uh, and and to me, I thought that was really, really clever, just kind of splitting everything up. Just went through all that and, you know, I just had goals of, you know, what can I score? You know, like who, somebody just give me something to write music to, uh, you know, preferably with picture to it and, and I'll be happy. 
let's see, for Pearl Harbor, that was my first project with him. And I was working with very patient, amazing uh, assistants of Hans, uh, who uh, are, who I'm still uh, friends with this day and, and who are amazing. You know, they, they had basically a 17-year-old following them around, you know, as the, you know, these guys are grown adults in, in the midst of their career. And, and uh, you know, they basically had me kind of following them around. So I, I really just owe them the world for kind of taking me under their wing. Um, but yeah, Pearl Harbor was the first one, uh, you know, where I kind of got to see how, you know, everything was going and, and how, you know, things moved during a score production. Then we moved on to a couple other films. Uh, Black Hawk Down was, I think, sort of in the middle of my time there. Uh, and then by that point, I was more involved in the uh, technical side of things, studio builds, and just kind of getting my hands dirty a little bit more. Uh, the The Walking Dead webisodes uh, was was just really massive for me because I mean I was already a huge fan of the show, a uh, huge fan of Bear McCreary and the work that he does on the main show, um, and I got a call from the folks over at Generate who were producing the series with AMC. The goal was, you know, we we've got you know these these I believe they were six episodes um, that amounted to about twenty minutes, uh, and it was. Give or take, it was wall-to-wall score. It was, it was. There was always some kind of whether you know be prominent, or or just sort of subtle sound design. There was always something kind of needed to be there. So it was twenty minutes of music, essentially about eighteen, that had to be written and produced in. Um, I want to say two to three days. So it was, it was definitely at the time really really challenging for me to you know it's like this this wonderful opportunity comes my way you know it's amazing what you can do you know when you have to <laughs> you know when, when you put yourself in that position of you know this has to be done uh and, and it was great you know we had an amazing relationship uh throughout the production it was just seamless uh you know uh, the communication was amazing and and i just i i had a wonderful time you know scoring these episodes and there was really no uh, resistance whatsoever uh, creatively um, while I was you know while I was doing them. First, I, I, I got involved uh, within the vault uh, through a really close friend of mine, uh, director Charles Hood, who I've worked with for it seems like a million years. Uh, we've just been best pals and and you know composer director for for ages back to I think I want to say 2006 or so. But uh, we just always been working together and we you know love working together and I just. Uh, finished uh, a season of a series called Play by Play, which is also on Go90. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a wonderful time doing that. Uh, and this was the next show he was working on uh, with a friend of his, uh, director, creator of the show, actually, Ben Epstein. Charles mentioned me and they, they wanted me to kind of tentatively, you know, like, you know, can you do this? Do you, do you want to be involved? And uh, I, I don't recall if I did a demo, but uh, I, I, I believe the the main titles uh, track was the first thing that I produced. It, w- it was really interesting because this was the first project that I'd worked on that was entirely electronic. And there was no organic elements whatsoever in the score. And if, if there were some, I mean, they were so warped and just, you know, blown out of proportion that you, you can't even tell what original sound it actually was. It was super fun, super challenging in that respect. It was really funny because, I mean, I'm approaching this project that's, you know, really entirely electronic. And of course, I have endless soft sense and, and, you know, these wonderful libraries and sound design, you know, elements that, that uh, you know, I have, you know, sort of developed through my, my template. 
it just it felt it felt a little funny that I just didn't have that sort of live raw kind of element of having you know a hard synth to you know work from even if just a just a little bit as an accent which it actually ended up being just sort of like a a, a cameo you know sort of uh, but um, some colleagues of mine uh, are, are just massively you know into the modular synth world and they they recommended this store out in Burbank called Perfect Circuit and. Uh, I went out there with, with a friend of mine, uh, composer Justin Burnett. Just thinking about it right now, I'm getting chills. You walk into this place and it's just wall-to-wall synths and, you know, modular units just everywhere. And they've got like, you know, little bags of candy all scattered all over the tables with headphones, just basically inviting you to just sit and just explore and to check these things out. I was in heaven. It was incredible. Eventually, I gravitated towards the mode Mother 32 because it was really kind of the gateway into a, a more sort of immersive modular synth world. You know, it has the, the sort of primary oscillator already there and you don't have to do too much to get off the ground, which, which was definitely appealing to me. The, the look of it is so cool. The sound of it is so classic synth that you just have any shape or form that it takes you just have that sort of nostalgia that that kind of makes you feel you know like oh okay i i, I remember this i this this feels very familiar to me and uh so yeah that it was it was a pretty easy choice and it just it looked really cool uh, that's also very important So heading into score in the vault, I knew that I wanted to have some kind of a, a hard synth presence, that analog warmth. So the Mother 32 is really perfect for me as I don't have any other uh, synth modules. The fact that it's, uh, I suppose, a, a semi-modular unit and it has the primary oscillation already going for you so that you don't have to really start from absolute scratch uh, was, was pretty appealing to me. But also, it, it's a great looking unit you know there's there's a lot you can do with it you know in the future you can add on to it you can remove it from its uh from its casing and you know add it to a much larger casing if you're if you're adding a bunch of other modules to it it's a lot of fun and it gives you that classic moog sound so what i did was for these particular cues that i used it for i, I wanted to create sort of a um like a warm mid to low end saw sound something that really kind of uh, floated through the scene, almost like a like a cameo. Uh, it wasn't uh, really a primary source of the cue, but really just just an added piece of texture to it. It did provide that warmth. It was it was exactly what I needed uh, for a lot of these cues, and uh, I was really happy with how, how it came out. Uh, so yeah, I pretty much started with uh, a square waveform and just kind of tweaked around with you know the cutoff and and. Uh, just the different amounts, uh, and, and ultimately I, I got the shape of the sound that I was looking for, uh, and then I ran it through my 710, which is a, a wonderful preamp, and gave it that extra bit of warmth. From there I ran it through my Cubase session, where I have various different you know filters and effects, but for this I really didn't use a whole lot of that, I, I just really kind of EQ'd the hell out of it and just wanted to get that shape right so that it wasn't competing really a whole lot with, with any of the other pre-existing uh, synth elements. So as far as my studio goes, it's pretty simple. My machine room, 
Uh, it's not nearly as crowded as it used to be. Uh, I have two powerhouse PCs that I run Vienna Ensemble Pro on for hosting. Uh, various libraries, SoftSense, what have you. It used to be that you'd have to have, you know, 10 PCs running Giga Studio to host your massive library of samples. Just, you know, the way technology has moved, it's just not necessary to do that. You have these computers that are so powerful, you can just, you know, have it on even one uh, that I know some composers do. But uh, my writing room is also pretty simple. I have, you know, just my sort of workspace, the area where the clients sit, and the sofa, the coffee table. Technologically, it's, it's just, it's really, really, really simple. As far as all the electronics go in the room, it's really, you know, it's very, very simple. I've got my Cork Triton Pro X, which I use as my primary controller, my PV1600, uh, which I use for uh, MIDI control and volume modulation, you know, what have you, expression. Uh, and then I have um, a Presonus that I use as my uh, primary volume control uh, that go to my speakers. Uh, I have my Barefoots that I use as my, my monitors that I absolutely love. And um, I'm just looking around here. I have obviously my, my Moog uh, Mother 32, which I'm just in love with. I use a Universal 710 preamp, and uh, that's pretty much it. And I have AKG mics. Yeah, it's, it's a really simple setup. I'm thinking of adding a few more modular uh, synths. Uh, to the mix. I know it's a bit of an addiction I hear, so hopefully I'll have room for it. But that's pretty much it as far as my setup goes. A massive thank you to Kevin Blumenfeld for deconstructing the track Suspects from Go90's In The Vault using his Moog Mother 32. My name is Ronick Sethi, and you've been listening to Synth Stories on Ask Audio the largest educational resource on the internet for audio and music producers. If you'd like to improve your audio and music production skills from recording to synthesis, mixing to mastering, then come and visit the ask.audio academy. There are over 790 full courses that will help you improve your audio and music production skills. Thank you for listening. <laughs>